Yo, what up? We're back with another episode of Big Tank Coast to Coast. It's your boy at right, along with Matt Lukens. What up, man? What up, what up, what up? Another week of basketball. Another week of playbacks where I'm losing my mind every single time I watch Indiana play. And uh, the rest of the Big Ten teams. And uh, Indiana is still better than Purdue. So, uh, all's good. Jeez. Oh, you're just, you're just gonna go right for it. Yeah, yeah. I had I had to open up with it. I I can. It's the. I mean, that's honestly the main talking point of the week, right? That was the biggest Big Ten game played. True, it was, and you no, know, it was it was the rare instance of uh, of uh, ranked versus ranked battles um, due to there only being uh, how many ranked teams are there now in the league? Uh, three. Rutgers just snuck in. Three. Um, yeah, Rutgers is 24, right? Yeah, Rutgers so. is 24. Um, I, I love when they rank Rutgers because they always instantly have a like a tough slate. Instantly. Happens almost every time. They get it in the end. I know. They go it to IU, tomorrow night. Then they go to Illinois. That is their yeah. <laughs> that's their slate this week. Right? So like every time Rutgers Jeez. like finds a finds a uh Finds a finds a spot that like they do well over like X amount of games, like they've they've won what five of their last seven, they've won ten of their last thirteen. I mean they've been they've been really good since they've been able to get everybody back healthy and you know in the lineup. Um, let's 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 talk about that Purdue Indiana game. I know you want to. Um, Indiana came out pretty strong. What do you think was the biggest? Yes. What do you think was the biggest? Walker, Walker. <laughs> what do you think was like the biggest separator um, when it came to the game? I know Assembly Hall was going nuts. It was insane. But what do you think were the keys um, that brought Indiana to to be able to beat a team like that? Well, definitely home court advantage. He brought that up again. It's hard to win in the Big Ten. Actually, it's hard to win in college basketball in general on the road for a multitude of reasons, right? It's not just the pressure of playing in front of you know opposing fans. It's you're using a different ball. There's different sight lines on the court. There's a lot of things that go into it more than just oh you're playing on a different basketball court and there's angry people yelling at you, right? So again, Indiana's got all the comfort in the world at home and especially a, a basketball loving and, and, and rabid fan base. Right. Like for instance, I use like, if they're not getting calls at home, the, the entire fan base in the stadium will get on the referees to the point that you'll start to see IU get calls. That's why Purdue fans have the nickname for assembly hall as the house of calls. Right? Because again, the fan base knows how to get under the skin of of the referees but more than just that right that this game was a difference between indiana having a pro guard on their roster mm-hmm. and purdue not um jalen hood you know was the second highest scorer for indiana had some really crucial buckets um you know i i the the point in the game that that stands out to me the most from him was Right after, remember, so we were on playback together watching the game. He goes down awkwardly off of like a Braden Smith um, 
I only want to call it like a foul because it wasn't a foul, but it kind of undercut him. Great swipe through, so he kind of had to alter the way that he went up on the layup. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of goes down. He's kind of clutching his knee. We're all thinking, you know, I'm thinking especially like, oh god, season's over, right? Like, there's no way to come back from this. Like, he's back in next possession, right? Because Indiana still has the ball somehow after all of this. Boom, instantly curl off a screen, gets the ball in rhythm, um, you know, coming around the curl right at the free throw line, bang, two-point shot. I think that put Indiana back up like seven because I think they Purdue had cut down the lead to five. Again, huge basket. Every time Purdue made a run to come back, Indiana had an answer. Um, and, again, that all flowed through Trey Jackson Davis and Jalen Hedgefino, the two best players for IU. Hedgefino was the best guard on the floor all day. Um, I thought Purdue's guards, you know, didn't have like a bad day, but I just thought Jalen Hedgefino showed why he was a five-star recruit. He showed why he's on draft people's radars. He showed why, you know, he's been so instrumental to Indiana's success after you lost Xavier Johnson and after you lost or, or, you know, lost and gained back race Thompson. So, um, you know, he's not going to get all the the uh, plaudits for that game because you had Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady, the two best players in college basketball, probably going head to head. But he sneakily had a fantastic game and was really the reason that Indiana came out with a W in that game. And it's not like you guys were just launching threes. You made 15 threes and like upset them. You only made four threes. No. Right. Um, only took ten. Yeah, we were in jack and threes. Right. right. Yeah. So like you, you, like not only weren't hail like hail marrying long three point bombs, uh, you also weren't like like you didn't make a lot. So I think one of the bigger things too I want to take away from this game is you saw a direct, you saw guys directly helping. Trace Jackson Davis, like really step up. And like Lawyer was the second leading leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Took him 12 shots. Pretty inefficient. Um, with two turnovers as well. Um, Huchifino outplayed him altogether. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're looking at like third, yeah. fourth, I think David Jenkins hit some big shots. Hit some really big shots. I think at one point. Both his threes. At one point, I was just like, "Yo, David Jenkins is about to hit some shots," and you're like, "You were like, well, you know, that's fine because you would rather him hitting than Edie, right?" Um, I I'd rather him hitting. I'd rather him than Lawyer because I think, for instance, Lawyer didn't get a rhythm this game, right? I think because Edie was just eating up inside, so he he couldn't get the shots that he wanted. If Lawyer gets a rhythm, I think Purdue wins because he's a he's a guy that can get hot fast. So I, 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 yeah, and they go to him. They go to mm-hmm. him. Yeah, they try to get him going, right? And so again, one that was Indiana's defense being incredible this game uh, on the perimeter. Again, they forced him to be one of six from three, and it's not like he was taking bad shots. He was just t- every shot he took from the perimeter was at least lightly contested. Um, again, so again, that's that's credit to Indiana's right. defense. But yeah. I'd rather Jenkins be making the threes than Lawyer just because Lawyer can hit you with eight points like that, like that, right in a row, just like three shots on three straight possessions. And then your defense becomes, 
you know, so vulnerable because you have to overhelp to, to, you know, keep him from going psycho mode. And then meanwhile, that means you're single covering the best player in the country. So. Right. Edie had a fantastic. He was great. He was 15 of 19 from the floor. 33 and 18, which is nothing to scoff at at all. But at the same time, I think Trace Jackson Davis did everything that he needed to do. And not even from a scoring standpoint, like, could he possibly be defensive player of the year in the Big Ten? I think he needs to be. I think he – does he lead the conference in blocks? It's, I'm, he's got to be. It's I'm like, fairly certain he's not, up towards the top. And, like, it's not these blocks that he's, like, tipping. Like, he had a block the other night. Like, he could have grabbed it. But he took – he threw it down at the ground. <laughs> if you're blocking a ball so hard it hits the ground before you land – like crazy stuff, absolutely crazy stuff. Um, I think he should be. I think, so. I think it's going to be between him, um, Chase Adige. I think you're also going to have like Cam Spencer in the mix. McCall's going to be in the mix again. Um, yeah, you could put the entire Rutgers team really in that short list. I think really could. they should do what? Uh, was it like? Uh, I think it was like in the NBA, they had like uh, the starting lineup be like, uh, like the player of the week, for like the Hawks or something like several years ago. Um, they should they should definitely do that. Like defensive player of the year, Rutgers, just leave it at that. Good job, guys. There you go. I've I've always been interested in the by the way, this is a tangent, but the player of the year discussions. Yeah. I think a player of the year is usually made by the rotation that he's in. So, like, I would love to see, like, the Big Ten's best five. Like, who is the, like, you know, according to the media, I mean, it's usually going to be the team that wins, but sometimes there's, you know, a, a certain lineup that just, like, stands out, right? Like, I think Rutgers' lineup with Pat Spencer, um, Mulcahy, McConnell, uh, Omar Rui would, would win best defensive lineup, like, in a, right, easily, and, and easily. you know, Omarui might, you know, he's one of those guys could, that could end up, or you know, Spencer could end up, you know, as defensive player of the year. But really, the defensive player of the year is usually inside of a program that plays such good defense. So it's more than just an individual reward, right? True, true, because you do have to benefit off of not always having having to cover others' mistakes, right? Because now you can really lock into yep. what you're trying trying to do. Uh, whether you're on the ball or off the ball. I I do agree there. I do agree. So where where does the Will Cheddar line up for Michigan? Uh, <laughs> where does that go in the Big Ten standings? He's been sick. You know, he was sick I know. at Northwestern. Um, you know, someone told me that he was, like, throwing up before the game, that he tried to stick it out for the game itself, and, like, his face was, like, in his shirt. That he did come out for the second half. Once he didn't come out for the second half, I was like, yo, that dude is sick. Like, there's no way. There's no other rhyme or reason for it. Like, dude is too sick to even come out. Uh, and then Michigan went to, like, an eight-man rotation against Ohio State in a game that uh, they just could not lose um, against a team who was uh, – um, who uh, the metrics love, but the record <laughs> does not look – does not mirror that. Uh, which is really, really strange. Yeah. How all that, how all that works. Um, I want to. I I kind of want to see. 
uh, where they are right now on the net. I think they're around 35 or 36 yesterday. Um, and them losing – now they're at 41. So they're at 11 and 12. Right. Two and nine in quad ones. They have a quad four loss, but they're 41st ranked. Uh, they've lost, I believe, nine of their last – either eight of their last nine or nine of their last ten. Um, that's like off the top of my head. But they've they have been slowly churning downwards. I think this is Holden's last year, whether they fire him or he steps down. And just takes a different job and just resets. Because um, Bryce Setsabaugh is gone. Right? Yeah. Um, Suing is gone. Yep. What like what incentive do you have to come back knowing that you're going to be on the hot seat heading into next season? You're me in the hot seat and uh, you might have the world's most overrated high school recruit ever on your team. Right? Who? Bronny. Bro- <laughs> he hasn't committed yet. Yeah, but you know, everybody knows he's going. I, I I, would be extremely surprised if he didn't end up a Ohio State. I mean, he could just be in L.A. He might just be an L.A. guy. Or he could go to Oregon. Like, I think the Oregon one also makes sense. Again, Dana, Holt- uh, Dana Holtman's a pretty good coach. So I think all of his finals make sense, honestly. Which is rare when it comes to people. Like, why does Oregon make sense? The Nike connection. Why does USC make sense? That's where his family is. Why does Ohio State make sense? That's where his family's from, and that's just the school that the family likes. So, like, it all makes sense. There's no, like, random, like, uh, there's no, like, Florida State in there. You're like, like, why, why are they in there? You know what I mean? Like, there's no randoms. Yeah. There's no randoms. I I have a sneaky suspicion that IU would be in for him if IU was a Nike school. But because of Nike school, you can't go after him. <laughs> I do. Again, I think Woodson Woodson like is very well respected by a lot of NBA guys that are family friends with LeBron. Like Mello and Woodson like love so each other. So Jawan toward him too though. Jawan yeah, I know. But Jawan's they're not gonna they're you know they grew up Ohio State fans, they're not gonna send him to Michigan. That's true. That's true. That's true. Indiana, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio State ain't like that. I mean, it's bad. I mean, it ain't like that. Sponsored by Adidas? Is that just how it's always been? No, Indiana was a, a Nike school under Bob Knight. Um, it was a Nike school in the early 2000s, and then it switched to Adidas. I don't know the exact year, but yeah, they used to be Nike. Do you want Nike back, or are you, or are you cool with where they are? Um, the thing is, well, this is a whole other discussion, but I don't mind Adidas, but the Nike EYBL circuit has the better recruits, right? And so a lot of those guys end up, for those that don't know, end up getting deals with Nike. So they end up going to Nike schools, right? They get funneled to certain, certain uh, schools, just like, it's like Paolo Bancaro, right? Grew up Mm -hmm. from Seattle. Uh, his team was Seattle Rotary, EYBL, Nike, goes to Duke, Nike. And there were reports saying he was going to sign with Adidas. And I'm sitting here like, no? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, no. 
Yeah, he was born and raised Nike. There's no way he was not going to. Like, yeah. There was no way he like, wasn't going to sign with either Nike or Jordan or anything like that. And and sure enough, he got that deal done. Um, so any, anyway, so for instance, Indiana's, you project Indiana's recruiting, right, um, for the future. Um, 2024 is Florian, is it Badunga? Flory Badunga, yeah. Yeah, Flory Badunga. Um, he's on the Adidas circuit. So that's a, that's a thumbs up, you know, Indiana kind of has, has a, a step up on that one. Um, and then if you look at 2025, which is just like the most loaded class for the state, um, there's like three top, maybe even four top 75 guys in that class. Um, and two top 10, they're all on Indie heat, which is the Nike EYBL team for Indianapolis. Right. And it's not always universal that an, an EYBL guy has to go to a Nike school. For instance, Trace Jackson Davis played on Indie Heat, went to IU. Right. Uh, I believe Romeo didn't play EYBL. Romeo played on the Adidas circuit. But there's been plenty of recruits. I think Eric Gordon in the past was on the EYBL circuit, went Indiana Adidas. Like it's not unheard of. It's just harder. Right. You're, you're, much harder. It's much, much harder. Yeah. And the love that you get from the ranking services is also impacted, which is BS. But just know that that's also impacted. If you go in and look at who's playing where, um, you're definitely going to see some favoritism. Mm-hmm. There's definite favoritism towards EYBL. But, I mean, it's fair. It's the best It's the best AU program or AU league that there is. Like, it's the top. Right? Adidas – I think it, Peach Jam is um, – they combine them all, correct? No, Peach Jam is you just take the ones that have uh, – that had that gathered the most point total through all the events. So you have to qualify for the Peach Jam. Mm. So like if you're at these events going one and four, right. oh and five, two and three at your best, you're not going to Peach Jam. Right. See, yeah, I thought for some reason I, I always thought that there was a, an event that they combined the U, the AU circuits, but I don't think they would ever do that. Yeah, I don't think they would ever do that. Never do that. They should have like a shoe case. Like that. They should have like a sh- like a shoe case where like you send your your top programs, and then you just have like a shoe case where you just match up the best matchups and just say, "Hey, look, let's see who wins." Um, Twenty twenty. 25 is going to be interesting. That would be sick. Um, with Koa Pete, because he's, he's a top five guy in the country, but he plays for Compton yep. Magic. Compton Magic is Adidas. Um, but they have, a, mm-hmm. they have like deep connections. It's almost like an EYBL team that's not Nike, kind of. Like, right. you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. type of program. But it's, you know. So yeah, you've been you've been high on Koa Pete for so long. <laughs> dog, I have been talking about Koa Pete since he was like in like seventh grade, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, the first time Ant came on the Hoosier Sound, I don't know if you remember this. We were talking about future players. I think we were talking about um, Xavier Booker at that point. Um, and you came on, you're like, you guys got to look out for this Koa Pete, Pete guy. <laughs> that was like that was like three years ago. <laughs> 
And sure enough, he's like ranked number three in the country. He's three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so 2025 for Indiana is Jalen Harrelson and, and Trent Sisley, who are both. Uh, also, Trent guys. Sisley. I was the first person to, to, to uh, tweet about him, I believe. Yeah, yeah, you were. But I remember you tweeted about it. I was like, Antnos, Antnos. But, you know, it's not – but it's not universal, though, right? Like, so, for instance, um, you know, I'm talking about going back to recruiting. Uh, Jalen Hutchfino and Malik Renew, I believe, both competed on uh, the EYBL circuit, and they went to Montverde, who's a Nike school, um, and ended up going to IU. So, again, it's not a universal thing, but, like, um, if you are wondering why certain guys go to certain schools – that's why. Yeah, that that is a that is a big part of it, and there are so many people getting handled um, by certain organizations. Like, like this is some like real deep state type stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Goes deep. I'm telling y'all, it goes so deep. It's like those things are like, wait, that exists really? It's like yes. Like, so you have to understand that. When you are at a certain level, um, these kids aren't handling their own recruitment. Um, some of these kids will be so good that they can, right? Because there's because yep, we're we're people are finding out that they don't need these corporations and they don't need these they don't need big business to get things done. They're starting to cut out the middleman a lot. Right. And what these recruits are starting to realize too, mm-hmm. is that like, they don't need handlers. They don't need all these things. If you have a real good circle already, and you have a good family and like, they know what's best. Like you don't really need all these things. And you can pretty much operate as an independent. Right. And you're still going to get everything minus Minus the BS baggage, yeah. Minus the the quote unquote deals that like happen and all these like third party like finders fees and stuff, and nobody's getting paid off of your name. You know what I mean? So right. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. A lot more control of like social media, like these kids and their and their like Instagrams and their Twitters. Um uh like 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 having their own websites you see it now like if you go to these top freshmen and top 10th graders go to their igs they they already got logos they already yep. got go check out Jerry Easter he's one of the top guards in the midwest uh 6566 real good kid out of Toledo Ohio go to his page you're going to you're going to see his logo right there on his IG. Like, it's on his Twitter, too. Yeah, it's probably on his Twitter, too. So, like, they're already branding now. Like, they're branding so... He had a photo shoot at Hollister, bro. You said what? He had a photo shoot at Hollister. He had a whole... He had a I pop-up believe, shop. I, I believe it. You know, you know, with the way that NIL is going, it's like, NIL doesn't start in college anymore. You can start getting paid prior to. Like, you can start getting paid when you're in middle school. Forget high school, middle school. So, like, I've like, sounds funny. I've said this before, but I've already got Walker's IG going. That's how it is. 
<laughs> that is just how it is. I've already yeah. got his stuff going. Um, you know, I'm already like, I'm already trying to like, 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 uh, uh, teach him how to do little things with like the ball and all this stuff and whatever he plans to do, whatever. Right. But in 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years, you know, he's going to look back and he'll understand like, okay, this is why my dad set this stuff up. Like, this is why I'm already ahead of the game and not just starting it now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a wild tangent, but you know, it is what it is. Um, do you want to talk? What game do you want to talk talk about? We can do like one more. Okay, one more game. All right, I'm trying to think of what what happened this week. Um, Ohio State is in a dumpster fire. Um, I don't they think are. we need to talk about them though, because again, they're a dumpster fire. Um, um, Penn Yo- State lost at Nebraska. Kisei Tomonaga had 30-something. Yo, like, he had 30, and I texted you, Emilio, like, yo, Kisei got 30, bro. Got 30. The pride of Nagoya, Japan? Yeah. Overlooked in that game. Seth Lundy hit eight threes. Uh, He was on fire. Uh, Penn State was – Penn State was uh, pretty pretty impressive beyond arc. How do you hit 14 threes and only have 63 points? It's because all they that do is shoot threes. I, it's all they do is shoot threes. They also they don't have a guy on the roster that is like over that plays significant minutes. It's like over six seven. <laughs> Everyone's like six six and below. Everyone. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they they run out lineups with like Jalen Pickett playing the four, who's like six six. Pickett's not. Pickett's like six four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, six four. Like a, like right, a great day. Really- uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, this weekend, uh, Iowa beat Illinois in a game that Illinois basically threw at Iowa. I Tony Perkins had 32. He did. I also heard that Illinois got cheated. You know that Illinois fans, they don't lie. Yeah, Illinois fans are very honest. That they are the most honest and truthful fan base out there. <laughs> You know, like disguising themselves as the Boys and Girls Club to get 200 free tickets to the the Iowa game? That's how passionate they are. Don't doubt – don't down their passion. Hey, I have never doubted the Orange Crush's passion. I've just doubted their um, sanity. Minnesota's out from COVID because they lost to Maryland by like a million points, and they – Went ahead and postponed the Illinois game. Hey, Maryland had a great week, by the way. I they, they beat Indiana at home, and they they absolutely punked Indiana. Indiana could not do anything against them, and then Maryland goes out and, and absolutely manhandles Minnesota in Minnesota. By the way, um, eighty-one forty-six, pretty good. They've won six of their, their last eight. Their only two losses are at Iowa. Iowa's been playing very very good as of late, and they lost. At Purdue mm-hmm. by three. At Purdue by three. So they've been playing ever since they went to Ann Arbor and got completely embarrassed. Then they went to Rutgers and slept walked again. I don't know what happened on that Friday and Saturday, but them dudes was probably running up and down Pennsylvania Avenue in DC all day, every day. Because they've won six of their last eight good wins. Like they were playing 
like Ohio State was ranked at the time. Yep. They beat them. Um, they came back and beat Michigan at home. They beat a Wisconsin team who's kind of down right now, but they kept them down. Uh, then they beat Nebraska, but they beat Indiana, like you said. Um, and they went on the road and just absolutely destroyed Minnesota in a game that they were favored by only nine and a half, and they put up 81 and allowed just 46. Um, this is one of the worst Minnesota teams I have – worst Big Ten teams that I have seen in a long time. Um, yeah, I was, I was just looking. They're 237 in the net. What's wrong with Jamison Battle, bro? Um, I don't know what's – I don't. He looked great against Indiana. <laughs> don't, don't ask me, bro. He had his best shooting night um, of the season against Indiana. He was he was hitting some tough shots. But I think what's wrong with James Battle is he doesn't have any help on that roster. Like you look at that roster, there's nobody else that is going to give him the ability to get space. I thought they were going to be okay with Talon Cooper and uh, Garcia. Then I forgot that. Uh, Parker Fox towards ACL again. I I hope he comes back and plays next year, though. Yeah, I mean that's that's just terrible, right? You never want someone yeah. to tear their ACL, but twice is just man. Yeah, like Garcia has been out with his own injuries, just just absolute shambles. But um, but they do have some. They they're recruiting Minnesota, which I believe is huge for the future of the program. Um, so I do think that there's. There's light at the end of this very, very, very dark tunnel. Um, so they'll get there eventually. They'll get there eventually. I have no clue how they beat Ohio State on the road. Um, that's very, very that uh, that should get Holtman fired alone. Um, that's their one high major did. win this year. That that should just get Holtman fired alone. By the way, um, here's a here's a comp for you. Uh, Julian Reese. He's a sophomore. Um, yes. but he, his game, and I've been watching a lot of Maryland just on my second monitor while I'm playing video games. Um, he reminds me a lot of freshman year, Trace Jackson Davis. Again, both six foot nine, both, you know, very athletic. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, you know, uh, you know, spread the floor or whatever. Um, he's kind of a tweener, but I, I really like his game. He's a little, he's a little skinny. He's got to get bigger and got to get more explosive. Um, I don't think Trace was ever soft, though. I don't think he was ever soft. No, no, Trace was never soft. I mean, like a freshman, like like baby freshman, but baby freshman Trace Jackson Davis is also averaging sixteen and ten. Okay, so like, again, okay, look, on the tenth grade, Trace Jackson Davis is like Julian Reese. I mean, maybe, but no, Julian Reese is nice. I actually think he's a, a legitimate piece that. Um, that Maryland can build around for the future. Um, how bad was Mark Turgeon? Because this roster literally is in tied for third in the Big Ten right now. Um, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Like De- 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 Deontay Scott Maryland looks like a, a completely be, different player. I think Maryland is going to be a. Um, they should be in the tournament. They are going to be in that. You know that regular Seton Hall spot, that seven, eight, nine, ten game. They are going to be in there where they're going to have to. Hey, yep. let's play a team like us, and then probably you know get smoked in the second round. But hey, look, they may have a chance because Jameer Young 
is playing at a pretty high level. He's leading them in scoring, uh, leading them in in uh, assists, yeah, leading them in steals, um, like fourth in blocks. Even though he's like six two, mm-hmm. six three, so no, it's about I'm sorry, six one. Um, but he has been really, really good this year. Really good. And when you have a when you have a backcourt player who can go and get you a dub, or it's or it's 50-50 and there's three minutes left, and all you gotta do is be better than the guard yeah. across me. I don't care who you're playing, how many pros you got on the team, if but my point guard is better than your point guard. You about to be in some shit. You know? Yeah, you are. You know? So, hey, if you don't got a point guard and you're going to roll out there as a one or two seed and you got Maryland on a, in a second round game, uh, you better hope Jameer Young is shooting 20% or or your uh, tourney may be short-lived, which is crazy to even think about right now. Crazy. Yeah, I yeah yeah. Jameer Young again. That was we had Hunter on the the Twitter space right at the start of the year. He said, "Watch out, Maryland's gonna be sneaky good." They got Jameer Young. Jameer Young, Jameer Young, who was top thirty in scoring last year for UNC Charlotte. Um, he was a little bit under recruited due to having to play behind um, really really good point guards at um, you know on team takeover on the EYBL circuit and. What does he do? He ends up yep. coming back home. The math kid, College Park's about a mile down the road, able to come out and show out. And he's doing an absolutely uh, tremendous job. And he has eligibility to play again next year, too. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, like, he would be amazing for Maryland if he comes back next year. Can you um, talk about how the extra COVID year is ruining people's lives? It's ruining my life. I can't keep track of it. I mean, you got people playing extra years, and you have high school classes who aren't even getting recruited, all because, all because you because some teams played twenty to thirty games one year, and you're like, no, this doesn't count. Like what? Like what does that even mean? So. You know, as as a person benefiting from that extra year right now, a, a, you know, fan of a team, um, I don't mind it, but it definitely, like, for instance, Trey Jackson Davis has the chance to come back again next year, which, by the way, might blow some people's minds. Um, but if he was to do so, I think he would own almost every single record in IU's record books. And he's already going to own, I think, the oh, points yeah. record, um, which is ridiculous. And he, he could yeah. go for, you know, other ridiculous records he stays like, but it should have an asterisk next to it. Cause he played for f- starters minutes for five years. Right. Yeah. So you're talking, he has an extra year. Hunter Dickinson has two more years after this. Ugh. Zach Eady has two more years after this. I mean, wh- what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, absolutely insane. But yo, look, we got to We, we keep saying it. But we talk enough where, like, we could just – we could do this, like, twice a day, honestly. Um, let's do this soon. Let's yeah. do another one soon. Um, hold us to it. Yell at us, please. If you're a listener, like, yell at us to do some more of these. Because um, there's stuff happening all day, every day. Yeah. But, um, yo, 
Thanks again for listening in. Appreciate it, y'all. Have a good one. Catch us some playback tomorrow. Yes, sir. And right now it's The Bachelor. Uh-huh. Ooh. Ooh. Later. Later.